<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that will teach you how to survive the things that could kill you. Like being attacked by a hippo, mm. sinking in quicksand, mm. or getting lost in the jungle. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like drinking too much at the company Christmas party, calling your spouse the wrong name, Ugh. being lost in New York City. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I can't wait to get into today's episode. We better start the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're such nerds. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey everyone, welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Christine. I'm Danielle. You know what? What? I'd like to make a toast. You know why? Yes. Because we have alcohol. We're doing a rare, our first ever yes. evening record. Yep. And we all have alcohol. We have, what do we have? Canned We have canned margaritas, margaritas from Cutwater. Hey, you want to sponsor us, Cutwater? I know you're yeah. listening. They're not bad. I like They're it. They're delicious. Garen? It is actually, as someone who's not a drinker, it is actually... It's good, it's right? Good. Yeah. But Garen, uh, I don't know if you can, he fasted for 16 hours for blood tests, then had yeah, Burger King, and, and now the, is having yeah. canned alcohol. How's yeah, that? So how's that working so far? I, I should have taught you how to run this before I drank. Yes, this. I don't think it, I don't think <laughs> I would have done be recording for very three well. Days. <laughs> I think he. That's the exact right thing to do. I think so. And you, so you you scheduled your blood test for the middle of the day. Is that what happened? Yeah, well, it's really hard to get blood to get into Quest diagnostics for stuff. So okay. as soon as I saw one open, I'm like, "Oh, two, there's a two ten. I'm gonna do it." Uh, and, and then I, you can't eat from since the night before. Yeah, so uh, I you must purposely slept in as long as I yeah, could. Yeah, that's a good plan. And then got up and went. Yeah, I'm always. 
I'm hungry when I wake up. I was going to go right across the street to Starbucks, get a tea, get an impossible sandwich and be done. Yeah. Sold out all over town, the sandwiches. Oh. So. How do you know? Did you go to multiple Starbucks? I was going to order ahead as soon as I left the place. Oh, why didn't you just get, uh, like you can get, do they have any of the sandwiches? Because you can just have them remove the meat. Look, it sounds like you I really wanted that impossible really sandwich. I wanted an impossible sandwich. I've never oh, had like the that. Rest of them. The rest of them are, are never that good to me. It's sausage, right? It's the impossible oh, sausage. Oh, like fake. Yeah, it's so good. I love. I love him like it. Do you like the Impossible Burger? Do you ever cook with nope. that at home? Oh, ha- you don't. Cook I've at tried. Home. No, I have. I don't like it. All right, well, I'm just switching glasses. You know what that? You means. know what? I I'm bearing down. Am I supposed to bear down right now? <laughs> I don't think so. Are you about to give birth? Something's gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are discussing how to survive being lost in the jungle. Oh, I need this because you know where I go a lot. The jungle. That's right. Now I know we already discussed how to survive getting lost in. Uh, nature the forest the forest or something like that this is different there are some differences so here we go okay folks she's wearing the glasses i'm wearing the cvs glasses if you get lost in the jungle then stop s-t-o-p which stands for stop think observe plan i love a anagram acronym yep that too i love those both sure you like both of those um i Red observe as um, obsess, <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> you might. Initially, it is a very frightening feeling to feel lost. It's really important to act calmly and objectively as much as possible. Every decision you make now is critical. Oh gosh, there's Shout- a lot of pressure. I, there's a lot of pressure. Shouting for help can be useful if you think you are close to your group or a village or a trail. But remember that it's difficult to know where a shout is coming from in the jungle, which I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, I mean, it makes sense. Because it's... I guess because it's bouncing off, maybe? All the trees. trees. Yeah. I don't know. First decisions. If you are stuck in the jungle due to a plane crash, stay at the side of the plane to see if rescue arrives and only start moving once you're certain no one is coming to the rescue. If you are on foot and you know you are not far from a village or trail, try to figure out where you came from and get back to a point you recognize. This could be a stream or a high point or a jungle trail. Go through in your mind the last hour or so of walking and picture it in your head. Oh, man. No, it's, it's all green, gonna... green. Yes. Green, green, <laughs> green, beige, green, gray, Mossy. green. Yeah. Moss on trees. Moss on trees. What landmarks did you pass? Tree. Which direction was the sun in? Above. Oh, no. You know how people know, like, <laughs> know, if the I sun is in this spot in the sky. <laughs> I told you, I have no. I would never I, be I able to know. figure it out, ever. I, I'm dead. I think I've said on this podcast before that I don't know how you're supposed to take a picture. I don't know if the sun's supposed to be on you. I mean, of, just yeah. how even the earth and the sun, how it all moves. Nope. I'm like. Nope. Nope. I don't care how many styrofoam balls on hangers you show me no i'm not figuring this shit out (laughs) me either it is my brain cannot grasp it no it says any memory will help well good luck (laughs) what about like fourth grade when i got really embarrassed because i couldn't get my belt undone in time and i like peed in my tights a little does that memory oh does that memory help (laughs) yeah um any memory oh my god i love that you were wearing you know like i couldn't get tights under pants no it was like a jump and I had tights oh, under it and the belt was it sounds really cute it was cute I'm sorry that you peed yourself not totally but you know just like a little uh, and then you're in the wetness and maybe that will remind you that you survived that and then you could survive this oh good point 
courage. Look around you carefully and see if there's any evidence of where you came from. For example, broken branches. This may help you decide which direction to start moving in. Maybe just always break branches then while you walk. Right, while you're walking because then you know you've been there before. <laughs> you mean with your feet, yeah. Or just, or just break them arms, with your Just like destroy, you know what, be very American and as just you go, destroy, destroy your, your nature. nature. Yeah. Orientation in the jungle. Don't think you're going to get your first classes of choice at orientation. What? <laughs> Did she my high school? I was trying to make an orientation joke, oh. and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> I just thought, so like, stupid. I time traveled and I missed yeah. part of no. The it, it's show. one of those things that you know where I'm just like, I'm just going for it. It doesn't. When I read it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be funny. <laughs> I think it is funny, but just maybe not. We're not laughing in the right way. Oh. That's very kind and wrong. If nothing seems apparent, <laughs> then you need to pick a direction and keep going in consistent direction. If possible, leave a note. You know, this is so obvious, but something I would never think of. Okay. If possible, leave a note saying where you are going and what time it was. Traveling in the jungle is very slow, but with luck, rescuers might follow you and find you. Oh. I like, mean, it. you know, you probably have pen and paper in your backpack. Why not? Leave a sure. note. Sure. I'm lost. I'm going. Yeah. Toward the trees. Way? Yeah. <laughs> With an arrow pointing. Yes. I would like Psych 101. Travel during the day <laughs> and sleep at night. Heading downhill will likely lead to a stream where you can follow it until it becomes a river, which will lead you out of the jungle. So downhill is more yes. likely to find yes. water. You're more likely to find water if you head downhill. Yes. The wider the river, the more likely there will be civilization. Jungle travel can be very disorienting, and the fear factor creeps up if you are not confident in your movements. Always feel you are in control of where you are going and justify it loudly to yourself. I know where I'm going! <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a lot like... like the confidence of a man like you just have to yeah you, like you have no idea what's happening but you're just going to keep moving forward yeah like those shirts that say have the confidence of a mediocre man yes or lord grant me the confidence of a mediocre white mm -hmm. man you just have to embrace right. that embrace your inner mediocre white man the jungle i have embraced many a mediocre white man <laughs> <laughs> the jungle hello it's my 20s <laughs> The jungle canopy can make things quite dark and difficult to get your bearings, so also look for some high ground where you might see a depression where there could be a river. Follow animal trails. Look for animal trails left by animals in the jungle and follow them. Follow them. Yes. Interesting. I know. This is interesting. If they are heading in the same direction as you, because they might lead you to water sources or open areas where you might more easily be seen by rescue parties. Or they might lead you to a crocodile's open mouth. Yes, or a den. This yeah. is the first episode in which we are being told to follow an animal. I know, it's weird. But it does make... The, the thing about the water makes a lot of sense. It does. Because they're going to go to the water. I'm assuming they mean follow at a distance. Yeah, I don't think you they know, mean like... Don't hop on the back of a hippo or something. That does sound fun, though. Doesn't it sound fun? <gasps> yes. I, I bet they feel so... Um, leathery, but also smooth. smooth. Yeah. Do you think they're aggressive though, right? Aren't hippos very oh, aggressive? Oh, I think they kill people. They're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> they're hungry, hungry. hungry twice, and right? And they'll eat any marble that's in its way. Yeah. I think they're the most violent animal, land animal. Oh, is that true? Yeah. They're they're horrifically dangerous. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so another reason to not hop on the back of them. Well, once you get on the back, they're fine. Oh, then they like yeah, them. And they, keep a pocket full of marbles. Pocket full of marbles. <laughs> I love Clamor, that song. don't you? <laughs> 
Oh, the old days. Clamoring over fallen tree trunks is a very common way to have an accident. Try to avoid using your hands. Many plants will sting or prick you, if that makes sense. Mm. Establish your priorities to stay alive. These priorities are find drinking water, build a shelter before nightfall, create a weapon or tool for making things, find a source of food, finding water in the jungle, collect rainfall. Leaves in the jungle are usually large and can be can be bent into a funnel shape and used to collect rainwater. Store it in your water bottles or drink it straight. The most important thing is that you remain rehydrated. Not calm? No. Huh. You can panic all you want as long as you... You got your water. Water, yeah. Okay. Streams. Look for streams of running water and avoid stagnant pools. Obviously, you've heard that before. Yes. They, they collect mosquitoes and dirt and uh, all bacteria. Of, yeah. Uh, preferably, you will want to boil any water that you collect from streams in order to kill any bacteria. Check the water for any particles or bits. You can filter them through your sock. Mm-mm. Sock Mm-mm. water. Gross. This I found sort of interesting. Bamboo collects rainwater in the compartments of the stalks and can provide an excellent source of water. So I didn't understand this. Bamboo sticks yes. are not hollow all the way through. Okay. You know how they have rings on the outside? Correct. Those rings are um in between the rings yeah in, okay. be- in between the rings is hollow those rings are solid right you can punch through them if you okay. need to but basically it's just like a little straw interesting if you can just use that part yeah which i thought was pretty cool i didn't you know just, that i don't think i was in a bamboo forest in hawaii of course you are uh <laughs> i live a very fascinating life but uh those were they were really big I mean, I don't know that I'd be strong enough to bust it. Yeah. That's, well, that's, maybe somewhere on the ground. I don't know. Do bamboo ever just fall off and like... Let's hope. I think the point is, even if you had to hold the entire thing, yeah. you don't have to <laughs> drink all the way from the bottom, yes. like tilt it up over your head because it'll be in the top portion. Okay. So you just have to like grab one, jump, swing it down. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, hope, yeah. And then be like, open your mouth. Yeah, I got it. I got a picture yes, of yes, this. Yes. Okay, I'm going to skip that. All right. Building a shelter in the jungle. Jungle. Building a shelter in the jungle. The shelter is vital in protecting against the elements and is a top priority. The easiest shelter to make is a lean-to out of branches and leaves. Find a long, fairly straight branch and lean one end against a tree. Place more shorter branches along the length of the long one at 45-degree angles. Cover the whole thing with large leaves to make a cover. Finding food in the jungle. Build a trap. Mm. Your best bet is to trap animals and conserve your energy or fish. Yeah, with that trap you're going to talk about. There are many variations of traps, but basically they choke, crush, hang, or entangle wild animals by trapping them in a snare or in a hole or under a falling log or boulder. The more you make, the more chain. The more you make, the more chance you have of catching something. But knowing where to place a trap is key. And in the jungle, a good place would be on an animal trail. Okay. The one you're following. This reminds me of that um, Domino show I've been watching. Dominoes? You didn't know about the Domino's competition show hosted by Eric Stone Street on uh, it's, it's, TV? It's weird that I don't. I think your kids would enjoy it. It's Probably. fun. Yeah. But I was just thinking if there was a competition where you had to build a set of traps because I just clanged my glasses on my water if you didn't hear that. Um, they Because they do like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I was going to call them Paul Ruberg. And that's not it. Rube, Rube Goldberg. Goldberg. Um, 
they build Rube Goldberg-like devices within yes. the domino thing, and I was thinking that would be a fun competition show to trap animals, except I don't like killing animals. But maybe if you had fake animals, yes. you could do, you know, just like wind-up toys. Well, it would be a good challenge on Naked and Afraid. Yeah. To make a deadfall trap, you need a large rock, two sticks, about the d- diameter of a C battery and five inches long. A c- oh, a C. <laughs> <laughs> I Did you think you meant C-E-A? Out, out S-E-A? To C. Yeah, no. <laughs> and five. Did you too, Garen? For a split second. Yes. Okay. Uh, a strong, thin stick about the diameter of a pencil and a knife. It requires you a lot to have. All right, fishing in the jungle. An effective way to catch them. An effective way to catch fish is through the use of a pronged fishing spear, which you could make with a piece of bamboo. Yeah. Find a sharp stick. Find a six-foot piece of bamboo and cut two six-inch slits at one end to make four prongs. You can picture it. You just kind of bend them, I guess. Separate the prongs with some vine in the gaps and then sharpen them with a knife or sharp rock. Find a rock to stand on or wade into knee-deep water. Move slowly to avoid scaring away the fish. Once you spot a fish... Wait for it to swim close to you and jab quickly, forcefully, to pin the fish on the bed of the stream. This takes practice. Okay, what are the main dangers in the jungle? Fallen trees, slippery rocks, sunstroke, sunburn, head, heat stroke, dehydration, mosquitoes. Mosquitoes? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Oh, mosquitoes. Oh, I thought it was some like weird toe fungus you got. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish there were a little mosquito. You don't remember that song? No. Yeah, that's where it was coming from. (laughs) <laughs> I swear, I've had like three sips giggling. of alcohol. It's weird being at home all day and then coming in to do the show. My my rhythm's off. Oh, I think it's right on. Uh, my Arcadian rhythm's off. Not my Zircadian. What is it called? Circadian? Not my Circadian, but my Arcadian. I can't. There are two of them? Yeah, I can't play um, Frogger. <laughs> this is all gone to crap. All right. Um, okay. Falling tr- <laughs> That's my favorite joke of all time. Is it? Of all time. But I, 41 I mean, it's years a fa- on it's Earth. It's a false premise. There are no Arcadian <laughs> rhythms. I just made it up. It's just, it's a, it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Falling trees and branches are the most common reason for injuries in the jungle. So choosing a night camp is Im- choosing a night camp is important. Keep on clear ground. Slippery rocks. Common choosing peril- a night camp. I'm sorry. It means sleep at night because everything. It, oh yeah. There's so much in your way that you're gonna. What are you die. gonna? What else are you gonna do at night? Yeah. They're just saying don't try to travel. Yes. Common perils in rivers or streams include slippery rocks, submerged branches, strong currents, leeches, and possibly larger animals like crocodiles keep footwear and clothes on and use a stick for balance and choose your crossing point carefully don't cross rivers more than knee deep unless absolutely necessary i'm not doing it no i'm crossing that river sunstroke sunburn heat stroke and dehydration are all very easy to fall prey to so always keep your clothes on especially covering your head and neck ants snakes venomous spiders plants with spines and thorns are all quite common in the jungle so use a stick to help get through vegetation and don't grab things with your hands i could see the temptation to just grab things get them away from you so this is smart a cut or bite or sting could quickly lead to infection mosquito spreading diseases like malaria denang and yellow fever use repellent if possible or rub mud on exposed skin to avoid bites. Ooh. I thought that was good, right? That's a really good tip. Yeah. And wear long sleeve shirts and trousers and a t- 
Oh, I thought it said in a tie. That's like, quite a formal jungle. <laughs> Listen, don't offend. You don't ever know who you're going to meet. Yes. And tie a shirt over your head to cover uh, head so that it covers your shoulders. At night, use a mosquito net if you have one, or use sap from a camphor or eucalyptus tree on your actual body. Yes. Are you ready for the story? I can't wait. <clears throat> it's a good one. This is the story of Yossi Ginsberg. Ringing any bells to anyone? Um, <laughs> it didn't to me. No. But it's a cool story. After completing his service in the Israeli Navy, Ginsburg, inspired by the book Papillon by Henry Scherer. Yes. Yes. I've never seen or read Papillon, but I knew it was about an escaped yeah. convict. That's all I knew. It's, I think, was made into a film with, uh, you know the actor, Misery. James Kahn? Maybe. It's very old, so maybe. Which detailed that authors experienced as which detailed that author's experiences as an escaped convict, became determined to find Cherrier, mm. I'm, I'm guessing that's how you say it, and ask for his blessing to follow his footsteps. So that's how this all started. He was okay. inspired by Papillon. Okay. In 1981, Ginsburg hitchhiked from Venezuela to Colombia, where he met Marcus Stamm, a teacher from Switzerland, mm. in the midst of his expeditions. And the pair became good friends and traveled together to La Paz, Bolivia. There... Ginsburg met Karl Ruprechter, a mysterious Austrian who claimed to be a geologist. Uh-oh. Ruprechter told Ginsburg that he was planning an expedition into the uncharted Amazon in Bolivia in search of gold in a remote indigenous Takana val- village. I'm getting, like, heebie-jeebie vibes. <laughs> yep. Now, this is the 80s, so maybe a lot less was ex- had been explored at that point. Ginsburg, that's our hero of the story, who sought out the opportunity to explore the unexplored areas of the Amazon, immediately joined Ruprechter in his journey, along with two of Ginsburg's new acquaintances, Marcus Stamm, who we already mentioned, and Kevin Gale, an American photographer. So it's just like a ragtag team of guys who just met each other. Yeah, what could go wrong? The four of them, never having had prior contact with each other, delved into a Bolivian adventure seeking gold. 22-year-old Ginsburg and his two friends followed Ruprechter by plane to Apollo La Paz and from there traveled down to a local village called Aceriamas. There they restocked food and supplies. Then, according to Colonel's stories about having visited an ancient indigenous village hidden deep within the rainforest, inhabited by quote-unquote primitives who had seen very few white men in their lifetime, the group began traveling up the Aceriamas River and across the mountains on their way there. Eventually, low on supplies, they had to eat monkeys. Oh, yeah, you know, that's where it goes, quickly. There's a transition for you. Yeah. Whew, took a turn real fast. <laughs> Stam, this is just the beginning. <laughs> oh Stam refused to eat monkeys and inevitably grew physically weaker. Use, under these conditions, they decided to abandon their journey and return to Aceriamas. Good call. I think I might have done that before the monkey eating. Yeah, I think at, at the to eat monkeys or not monkeys, I would have been like, I think we're done here. Back at Asariamas, Carl told them, this is the uh, questionable Austrian yes. dude, told them about his new plan. Sailing on a raft down the Tuichi River to a small gold quarry called Curry Playa on the riverbed. And from there down river to Ruranabak near the Beni River and then return to La Paz. With the villagers' help, they built the raft, pursued their new route downriver, and arrived at the confluence of rivers Tuichi and Uparama. 
There, Ruprechter suddenly told them about San Pedro Canyon, a dangerous series of rapids, waterfalls, and boulders unsuitable for boating. And the fact that he, and also, by the way, I can't swim. This is Wait, what the Austrians laying what? on them. No. Yeah. He's just, he's like, let's take a raft, go down here. Oh, by the way, there's a lot of serious rapids and waterfalls. It's super dangerous. There's unstable boulders. And I can't swim. That's so coming back again, full circle to that white male confidence. Right. So then he refused to continue on the trip. Good. Okay. So his deceit and betrayal led to distrust within the group and ended with the group splitting up. Gail and Ginsburg, Ginsburg's our hero guy, and Gail is the photographer, decided to continue rafting downriver to Rurenbach, while Ruprechter and Stam decided to walk up the Iparama River to Iparama Village near the river source and return from there to Apollo. The four men resolved to reconvene before Christmas in La Paz. As Ginsburg and Gail's raft neared a waterfall, they lost control and became separated. Gail made it to shore, but Ginsburg floated downriver and over the waterfall. He spent four days traveling upriver in search of Gale before finally coming to the realization that he was stranded alone in the jungle. I'm not sure why it took him four days to realize that. Sounds like someone needs a monkey. <laughs> someone needs some monkey yeah. food. Yeah. He'd said at one point that he just waited for the monkeys to fall from the tree. Oh my God. <laughs> so he could eat them. Oh my God. Gale. <laughs> it's a really bad vacation. Gale was rescued by local fishermen. After having been stranded for five days back in the city of La Paz, he visited the Israeli and Austrian consulates to request their help preparing rescue missions for his friends, right? Because one guy's Israeli, the other guy's Austrian. I'm not sure what Stan was. Gail was informed by the authorities at the Austrian consulate that Ruprechter was actually an Austrian criminal wanted by Interpol. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking, they don't say how old he was, but I'm thinking... Nazi, because you know the Nazis oh, went to yeah South America after to hide the war, out. but he would have been you know quite old. Anyway, Ginsburg spent the next three weeks lost in an uncharted part of the Amazon. He survived completely alone in nature on the edge of his life. Whoa. In the second week, there were floods in the area, and Ginsburg almost drowned. He sank into a bog twice. For the subsequent five days, Ginsburg had no food but what he found, and his foot began to rot from fungi. No. According to Ginsburg, he had hallucinations of a woman with whom he slept each night. <laughs> Good for him. I mean, you know, at least he had something. Yes. He fa- it was a monkey corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but he named her Sally. And he faced attacks from wild boar, the constant threat of poisonous snakes, termite bites, and on the sixth night, alone in the jungle, a hungry jaguar. No. One night, Yossi had been asleep when he was awoken by rustling and woke up face to face with a jaguar. He grabbed a can of mosquito repellent and a lighter and improvised a flamethrower. That's pretty smart. Yossi said, I learned the trick from a James Bond movie. No way. In case you're wondering, it was Roger Moore as 007 in Live and Let Die. That's great. He said, there were chunks of exposed flesh. I couldn't take the pain. I dragged myself to a tree full of fire ants and shook it on my head. The waves of pain and adrenaline distracted me from my feet. No. his feet were rotting off. I mean, that yeah. would not be anything that would ever occur to me yeah. to want fire ants on my head. But hey, go figure. He also discovered worms embedded under his skin. Nope. And impaled his... Ra- 
<laughs> and impaled his rectum on a broken stick after sliding down uh, no, a mud stop slope. It. Stop, stop, stop. No, that I, was a good thing that happened. That was fun. <laughs> that was a good It distracted him from his rotting yes. foot. Although that distracted him from the fire ants. The fire ants distracted him from his foot. One morning, Yossi woke up with aches and pains all over his body, only to realize he had spent the night on a termite nest. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, just some aches and pains? Ginsburg made his way back to the river and met Gail, oh. along with indigenous people who had organized a search and rescue mission led by Abelardo Tico Tudela. Tudela. They found Ginsburg three days into their search, three weeks after Ginsburg was first declared missing. Holy cow. Ginsburg spent the three months following his rescue recovering in hospital. Ruprechter and Stam did not return to La Paz. Despite attempts by several rescue missions, they were never found. Ginsburg's survival story was enacted in the 2017 psychological thriller Jungle. Oh, I want to watch it. Starring Daniel Radcliffe as Yossi Ginsburg. No way. Yes. Did you watch it? I have not. Anyway, that is... Yeah, sorry. No, you go ahead. Well, that's how to survive in the jungle of America. But that was how to survive in the jungle. I feel much more prepared. There's some good tips in there. I like the mud. Yes, the mud was great. And also, I would imagine, sunblock. Oh, yeah. Right. And leaving stuff like the stick, the breaking of the sticks. Yes. Leaving a note. Leaving a note. Have some things in your bag that you can use. Have some protection. Have matches. Well, yes. You know, have have things at the ready. Have the marbles for the rhinos. No, the hippos. The hippos. Yes, yes, yes. Keep marbles with you at all times. It does. It's going to weigh your bag down a little bit. Yeah. But you're going to thank yourself in the end that you brought those marbles. You're going to be so happy to have those marbles. Yes. Thank you, Danielle. You're welcome. And we'll be right back with our guests. So exciting. After this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Christine. I'm pretty excited right now. Because? Well, I have alcohol and I don't, yes. we don't usually drink on the show. No, it's super weird. It's fun. Garen's joining us. He's a new drinker. Yeah, he said he started drinking during the pandemic. Yeah. Which I think is a healthy life choice. No, I'm proud of him for that. <laughs> Perfect time. I mean, we have a new <laughs> podcaster yes, in the studio, guest. Grace from yes. The Antidote. You're going to tell us more, Danielle, yes. because well, you have the official introduction. Yes, I do, which I feel very official doing, Grace. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Thank you. Grace Edwards is a writer, actor, producer, and host of The Antidote podcast alongside Amy Own Annie Ovi. I was going to do it. <laughs> Oniobi. Wait, did you say Aniobi? Aniobi. Guess what? Your publicist. Mm. <laughs> she wrote O-H-N. Oh, no. No. It's we we got to give her. Give Aniobi. her the fix. Aniobi, yeah. 
Anne. <sighs> Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Anne Eobie of Green Gables. Or just Anne Frank. Yeah. Tell her it's Anne like Anne Frank. Anne, Anne as an Anne Frank. Yeah. O as an, oh my God, they're coming for me. Yes. Um, Eobie. Okay. Eobie. Okay. She, uh, she's also the creator and executive producer of Jody, a spinoff of Daria. Oh which is so cool. God, you probably weren't even alive that. when Daria was Oh, on. no, I was alive. I was very much alive. <laughs> okay, you're very young looking. And you're currently the um, a writer and co-EP of the upcoming Netflix series Survival of the Thickest. And who is the star of Survival of the Thickest? Uh, the wonderful Michelle Buteau uh, is the star. Uh, yeah, she's so funny. She's a stand-up actress, uh, host of The Circle on Netflix. Yes. Um, I could sit here and talk about how wonderful she is all day. But we're here to talk about how wonderful you are. Yes. Thank you. We, Thank you. Um, so, the first half of the show, we discussed how to survive the jungle mm. and lost in the jungle. We got some good tips. We oh did. Oh my God, I'm going to have to listen. You do. Yes. And now, with Grace, we're going to discuss how to survive getting lost in the city. So, this story was when I was very young. Um, I was an intern. Okay. Um, living in New York. I was living with my aunt who was living in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, I was really feeling myself. I was, like, working at this uh, production company, like, on Broadway. Like, oh, wow. I had just, like, graduated with a theater degree. And I'm just like, look, I'm on Broadway already. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, I studied acting uh-huh. at uh, University of Michigan. And then I was just like, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to just be walking <laughs> in the halls. And they're going to be like, you, you. I, I was so dumb. I was like, I'm going to get discovered at work. Oh I was just like, no, girl, nobody ever asked you now, to act in anything. Are you a musical theater person? I, I do love musical theater. But can you sing I can and sing. or dance? I, okay. I can sing and dance, but not good enough to be on Broadway. Right, okay. Um, so I was trying to like do like straight theater. Okay. Um, and okay. I could do stuff like ragtime where okay. it's just like ragtime. Like, <laughs> you just like walk from one end of the stage to the other and like carry clothes. I could do that. But if you're asking me to do like a shuffle ball change, like tap, like I can't do all I that. I like that your whole, no. your whole talent is I can do ragtime. Yes, that's it. That's about all I'm qualified oh to do. God. So I was really excited. So, um, but I was broke. It was like a paid internship I was staying with my aunt in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and um, so I needed some extra money you know Mm -hmm. she wasn't charging me rent or anything but I was was, gonna say if you have free rent in New York you're already ahead of the game yes but it it didn't last very long but uh But I was only making $200 a week before taxes. Oh, my God. So I'm just like, okay, yeah. I understand. I don't have any rent. But, like, you know, by the time I pay my cell phone bill and, like, like a go, bagel. Yeah. go to. And then at that time, I was not partying yet. I was very lame. So I, I just wanted the, the extra money to buy, go to TKTS and get of course. cheap movie yes. t- Like, yes. uh, cheap Broadway tickets yes. or late tickets. So I was just like, uh, so the place I was working is called Dodger Stage Holding. And they were doing 42nd Street on Broadway at the time and you're in town on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so they also had a space in the Times Square Visitor Center, which was like about six blocks away, where they would sell like t shirts 
and CDs. Like, this was the early 2000s, y'all, so they had CDs yeah. built. Uh-huh. And, you know, little knickknacks from the show or whatever that used to be very expensive, like $45 T-shirts right. for a Broadway show. So that so I was getting paid, like, $10 an hour there. So I would do a couple hours every... So people who couldn't afford to go to the show would just buy the merch? No, or, yeah, I don't know what it was for. It's so because weird. you would think that people just bought the merch at the show. Yeah. But I feel like, I guess people would... I mean, we didn't have a lot of customers. It was not very okay. practical. <laughs> um, in fact, this one girl who lived on Staten Island, she used to steal, and I think she used to blame it on me because I'm black. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's a long story. That's a whole other that's situation. A, next episode. But anyway, so... How to survive white people. <laughs> I know. I was just like... Because the, the, the lady who ran the thing, she's like, we're short again. I was just like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not stealing. It's this other girl from Staten Island, uh, I promise. Because um, we were the only two people that worked there. And I was like, I can tell you <laughs> oh, man. that my immigrant parents instilled in me right. to not steal. So I was not the one stealing. Anyway, um, her bad karma will catch up with her. But yep. whatever. Probably already um, has. Anyway, so I was at work um, one day. And all of a sudden, the lights go out. Okay. I look outside. Times Square is dark. I was just like, what is happening? And it was still the daytime, but it was it was like eerie. Everything had gone down. So uh, I I had a cell phone, but it was like, you know, a razor, like a pink Uh razor. I had a pink razor phone. And so my mom calls me from Michigan and she's just like, oh, our power went out. I was Uh like, your power went out in Michigan. Whoa. Whoa. And the power is out in here. And, And this was this happened in 2003. Oh, so um, high alert! When cause, so I had already been scared about living in New York yes. um, because I because you know I had seen nine eleven. Yeah, like I was I was watching the Today Show when I saw the plane go in and mm-hmm. I saw the second plane go in, and uh, so you know in two thousand three, like it was still fresh on our brains, yes. like that that threat of terrorism. So I started freaking out because I was just like, oh shit, like it's how do how is it yes. no power in Michigan and no power yes. here. And then you remember back then you didn't have the internet on your phone. Right. So before, like right now I would run straight to Twitter like yeah. what is going on or go to CNN.com. What is going on? And um, I had no idea what was going on. And there's no TVs. Right. Because uh, the power power. power. Right. And so I'm freaking out because I had just been in New York for like a week at this point. Oh, seriously? Yes. Oh, wow. So I had just been in New York for like a week at this point. And so I didn't know how to get back other than on the train, uh-huh. but the train wasn't working because there was no power. Ooh. The train works on power. electricity. Right. So I'm like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Luckily, um, I had this other coworker, like the supervisor or whatever, and she was just like, okay, I think we have to walk home. And I was just like, to I don't know. I can't walk to Brooklyn. Like, And my aunt lived in deeper Brooklyn, yeah. like Flatbush area. And so I was just like, there's no way I can walk to Flatbush. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, I live in Astoria, so you could come home with me. Okay. And so we're walking, and I had had on these sandals that my dad had just bought me from oh. Barbados. And they were leather, like raw leather sandals. Okay. Very cute, but only meant for you to walk up the stairs of the train, uh-huh. get to your office, walk down the stairs of your, your train, yeah. and then walk from the train to home. Right. So it was not set up to walk. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, were not blackout shoes. Five 
miles or however many miles no, I ended up walking no, that no, day. No. And then so the so I remember hearing stories later about, oh my God, all the bars were open <laughs> and they were like drinking and they were passing out free food and ice cream to people because <laughs> it was going to go bad because there was the fridge. I didn't see none of that. No. I just saw a bunch of people. We were all freaked out. Like, what is going on? What is happening? And so we're walking through the streets and then we finally get to the Queensboro Bridge, um, which is which links um, Manhattan and Queens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just remember the panic of like, oh shit, I'm gonna die on this bridge. That's what what the terrorists are gonna do. They're gonna draw us out to this bridge. They're gonna bomb the bridge. And then, you know, they probably got drones up there just waiting for us to get on the bridge so we could bomb the bridge. It was all a mass conspiracy. Because like, you know, there was all these stories before that, like, oh, the terrorists, they want to blow up the subway, like in between the lines. The lines that like like you're the most at risk when you're in between Brooklyn and Manhattan because they want to blow up the subway oh. in the middle so it like oh messes I didn't know up the about tubes. that yeah these are the stories that were going around so I was just like they're driving us on the bridge and oh. they're gonna bomb this bridge oh my God. and I was just like oh my God like because we were still in that really dark um, mindset because of 9/11 so I now, remember was it dark yet was it nighttime not yet. And you were walking with your supervisor. Yeah, yeah. I was. She was so kind to let me come, but like, also, I think I was irritating her too because I had my (laughs) my messed up sandals on, and so I couldn't walk fast. And I think she, especially when we got on the bridge, I think she was thinking it too. Like, neither of us said it to each other. Okay. Like. You didn't want to make it real? Yeah, like, oh, they're driving us out on the bridge so they could destroy the bridge. Oh, my God. So I was just like, so you could tell that she was trying to get across the bridge as fast as possible. (laughs) And then I was, like, all, like, messed up. And eventually I told her, I was like, you could walk ahead of me. I just... Uh, or whatever, as long as I could still see you, okay, right. we're good, or whatever. So, you know, we were walking across the bridge. My feet are bleeding at this point. Oh, my God. Oh, no. um, and then you just could see, like, it was so tense. It was, like, the most tension I've ever felt, maybe other than the day after Trump got elected in yeah. 2016. I was also in New York, and that was also oh, a, Jesus. a super tense day. But um, it was just so tense. I mean, and literally, I remember seeing this one woman. She had shit her pants. Oh, honey. And Is I, that like, a side effect of the lights going out? You no, know, I think she was just scared. Like, okay. she just didn't know what was going on. And, like, as as you, like, as I said, there's, you don't have your phone with the internet. And yeah. you don't know what's happening. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure people calling. And then your, my cell phone at one part point stopped working. Oof. Because I don't know if it was the towers needed the power too, or if it was just like so many people were just trying to call, it was like jamming. The lines were jammed. The lines. So so at a certain point, I couldn't even call, call my um, aunt, um, and she was probably worried like where I was. Um, and uh, so we eventually get to her house in Queens, um, and then I get access to the internet, and then I could call with a hard line because oh, people, people still, still had hard phones, lines yeah. back then. And so um, I was just like, "Well, I'll try to make it home tomorrow on the bus." So yeah, it took me about ten hours to get uh, home. Uh, wow! Because finally, when you got, because I realized, okay, well, I, this bus is like packed every time, so I have to like try to trace back some stops so right, I can like, right, right, right get 
closer to the origin of the bus so that I could get on oh, slightly before earlier. all the other people get on. And you're not even really savvy about I was what buses s- to take, right? No, I'm, I'm a, I was from Michigan, so like I'm, you know, you dro- you get a car when you're 16 and yes, you drive. Yes. And if you take the bus, like it's very rare for anyone in Michigan to take the bus um, unless they don't have a car. So but, did you just ask people like, what bus do I get on now? What yeah, because that's how I would. In New yeah. York, to be honest, New Yorkers took care of me. They like, you Aww. know, were very sweet. Um, and help me get home eventually. But it was a very harrowing experience. I mean, uh, I and eventually I did make it home. But, um, but yeah, that was the wildest experience. And it just, when I thought about, like, what story I was going to tell in this, I was just like, yeah, what was the worst thing? I, I oh. live a very tame life. Like, so I, I haven't had, like, a lot of wild things happen to me. I haven't had, like, a lot of wild nights, maybe some wild dates. But, <laughs> uh, we'll have you back. But I'm just, but I was just like, yeah, that was the most scared I remember being, the most yes. disconcerted I remember being. And then we so take for granted, like, the navigation on our phone. Yes. We so take for granted that, like, you can find out what's happening yes immediately immediately because you have a computer in your pocket but back then you just had your little flip phone and all it did was call i don't even think that texts were like popping at that point i don't know no i don't think so like so you couldn't even so the only thing your phone was 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 a a phone phone. yeah so if uh, you were lucky if it worked as exactly and then like cell phone reception was bad there like remember when you used to hold your phone up in the air to like try to get reception and stuff um, so yeah, it's just it kind of made me just like appreciative of like the current technology that we have because totally. it would never happen that way right. now. I, I mean, mean, unless it, you, my phone was dead, like yes. if I had hadn't had it charged. But even then, I was just like, well, I will go out to my car and charge it. Like you know, were you like, I should have just stayed at one of those bars and had free ice cream? Yeah, you know what the sad thing later was, I found out because my friend was moving to New York around the same time or whatever, and he had just moved to New York that day to go to law school. Okay. And he and his family had a hotel no in Times Square uh, so I could have literally uh, just gone there. and stayed with his family in the hotel uh, in Times Square. Um, really enjoying the antidote. Thank you so um, much. You Thank two you. have such a great chemistry. Oh, yeah. I know it's so like okay they're friends. They're, they're friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. Really funny really together. Nice. Um, I love hearing about like what you guys are doing to take care of yourself and your inspirational yeah. quotes at the end. Oh, thank you. Um, just as creative people too, it's nice to like hear about other people's creative, other writers' creative processes. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank um, you so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been really fun. We've had some fun guests, including um, my collaborator on Jody uh, Tracy Ellis Ross was our first guest. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, we're working together oh. on Jody, the Darius spinoff. Yes. That you mentioned. So she plays Jody in Jody. Oh, <laughs> and wow. So she's also uh, an executive producer and just an amazing creative she's partner. She's sort of a goddess. She is. And just like the most joy filled, um, like what you see of her in the world is genuinely what Good. she is. Just Good. like joy filled and beautiful and kind and wonderful. So she did us such a solid <laughs> by yeah, being right? our first no, guest. No, that's a great first oh guest. My God. Uh, so um, so uh, it's been also a joy uh, working on that. So so you're caught up on all my You've got a full plate. <laughs> yeah, full plate. Well, yeah. We're, we're happy you survived the blackout. Thank you. Of 2003. Yes, I feel like that made you. 
really tough for New York. Like, yeah, yeah. you were like, I, I mean, that's your first week. Yes, you're like, like oh, my fire. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, and I needed it. I needed the yeah. toughness. Like, yeah. I lived in New York for 15 years. Oh, wow. Nice. So, uh, I needed the toughness. I was just like this sweet Midwestern girl. And yeah. literally, I would walk around New York as smiling, and mm-hmm. people would be like, you're not from here, are you? And I was yeah. like, no, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> but I was so excited, because like everything excited me. Like I used to be such a nerd. Like I would take like walking tours of Central Park. Oh I, would, like, I love that so much. I would like go uh, to like, like poetry readings in the village, and oh. like, like go get like stand in line at like 6 a.m. to get like rush tickets for rent. Yep. And I had a bunch of other little nerdy friends who would do it with me. I used to live with my um, uh, friend Michelle or whatever. Now she's like a full mom in Florida. But like <laughs> at one point we were two aspiring actresses uh-huh. and she used to live in the living room and I used to live in the bedroom. We had like a real cheap like apartment in Queens or whatever. I remember it was $1,100 that we used to split. Oh my God. And so, um, That's you like know, you're just so happy yeah. to like just be there. I would look up at the the um, Empire State Building. I'd be like, concrete jungle. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like New York is so perfect in your early 20s yes. because like you don't need much and you there's so much free fun stuff to do i remember i used to get a physical copy of Time Out magazine yep and then there used to be this part where it'd be like stuff free to do and it'd be like poetry readings or like concerts mm-hmm. in the park in the summer and so it's such like a fun and wonderful place to live oh my god am i moving back to new york <laughs> you, know you said you're writing on on Zoom anyway for your show. You might I mean, as well, right? You could. I mean, I could. It, it's just that my my career really flourished when it came out here. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just you don't you can't compare it to anything. No, like, it's soap operas are law and order, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like when you get out here you just end up meeting people and you're yeah. sort of in the room where it happens, I had to quote Hamilton, oh boy. a theater nerd. Um, now that so. you have to be able to sing, and that's no. Uh, well, yeah, I mean a rap too, like and rap and I, dance. Yeah, so no, I I don't think I could be in Hamilton. No, um, sadly, but um, <laughs> but I someday maybe something else. Oh my God! Well, thank you so so much, Grace, for taking the time, and I know you're a super busy, lady, super busy. And coming and being on our show. We really, yeah. really appreciate what a, it. This is a great story. And um, also, like, you guys really provide a service. Like, not only Thanks. the podcast, like, funny. Like, I learned tips. Like, I, like, I'm scared of danger. I was telling y'all, I'm scared of danger. <laughs> and I like to prepare for every scenario. Like, even in my current apartment, I was just like, okay, I can't, because of the earthquakes, I can't have anyone living over me. <laughs> you so come through I need ceiling. to be on the top floor. So that if everything comes crashing down, I'm on the top. I mean, and they sway. I love the, the you know, I love the way your brain works. Yeah. It's so, very familiar to me. So I'm just saying, like you know, I I learned about your collapsed building thing that you got to stick yes. near the wall. Yes, got to stick near the Don't wall. Don't go in the middle. You got to spit to know which yes. way. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, that great. Oh, you know what I'm gosh. saying? I know. Like these are great tips. Yes. Just in case. The big one does come. That's yeah. right. My building is not able to sustain it. No, just and, don't. But I, I can figure out how to get out. We've got all kinds of ways to keep you safe in California. Yeah. So. And all sorts of ways it. to scare you. That's <laughs> true as well. And uh, again, thank you so much. And we will be right back with what did we learn today? Ah. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Christine. Yes. Are you ready to learn what we learned this week? I want to learn more. All right. If you're lost in the jungle... <laughs> if you've had too many margaritas <laughs> then stop stop think observe don't obsess and plan mm-hmm. be like a man exaggerated confidence ungainly as it is the hippopotamus is the world's deadliest large land mammal killing an estimated 500 people per year in africa that's a lot of people that is so many they should kill all the hippos no (laughs) (laughs) hippos are (laughs) sorry i'm laughing so hard at something i said (laughs) no i love it hippos are aggressive creatures and they have very sharp teeth and you would not want to get stuck under one at up to 2,750 kilograms, they can crush a human to death. Whatever that means. Kilograms. Jesus. That could be five pounds. Big. <laughs> For what all I know. Isn't that how much salt's in a <laughs> serving of pretzels? Yes. You can get fresh water from bamboo. I know. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your coffee. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Anything and everything in the jungle can kill you. The 1973 film version of Papillon starred Steve McQueen and Dustin oh, Hoffman. Steve McQueen, that was, I got that so wrong. James Caan? Steve McQueen is rolling that, in his grave. That's really off. <laughs> I'll say. Unless you were thinking of Justin Hoffman and that made you think of James Caan, which is somewhat more I'm sorry. Parallel. I'm sorry, dead Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> and living James Caan. Yeah. Have you seen him on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> End of tweet. Yeah, what does he say? He just Every like, tweet, he just posts something and then says, end of tweet. <laughs> <laughs> a 2017 remake oh, starred Charlie Hunnam and your favorite creepy Egyptian and mine, Rami Malek. Won't be tuning in. So I would like to share a letter from one of our listeners. Love it. This is from Carrie Leal. And she is going to talk about black ice. Okay. You ready? Yes. I was listening to this week's episode about car accidents. You mentioned black ice. Mm. That's from a while back. Sure. It reminded me of something that happened to me. I live in Texas and growing up, I hated being asked all the stupid stereotypical questions from my northern relatives. People think we all live in the country or on ranches and are cowboy cowboys and hillbillies and and sadly this story won't help any (laughs) one thing that is true about texans is that we cannot handle ice and snow we get it so rarely that we aren't taught how to deal with it and we don't have the proper equipment to make the road safe we also get black ice which are thin icy patches on the road that you can't really see causing many accidents 
In my early 20s, I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and one of the branches I ran was in Fairfield, Texas, which is about halfway between Dallas and Houston. We had a bad ice storm, and I skidded into a ditch. My My car was leaning so far sideways that if I were to take my seatbelt off, I would have fallen into the passenger side door. Oh, my God. I wasn't hurt. That's good. So I didn't call 911, and anyone I knew who could help me was too far away. Fortunately, three different guys in trucks stopped. One of them was a coworker who recognized my car and stopped but didn't really know what to do. The other two guys were discussing what equipment they had. I heard one guy say, I got a rope. And the other say, I got a winch. And they, does anybody know here what a winch is? I thought it's like a pulley. Oh, oh, it's like you, you roll it. It's, I think. Okay. Yeah. And they told me to sit tight and that I'd be out in no time. They somehow tied the rope to my bumper and pulled me out. I expected the guys to come ask me for money, but they simply drove away asking for nothing. Later that day, a woman came into my office to rent a car. She told me her husband lived for days like this. So, oh, lived for days like this. So he can drive around in his big truck and pull people out of ditches and such (laughs) who had issues with the ice just like me. I'm not sure if it was specifically her husband who had saved me, but I found out that was a hobby of many men in that area. Okay. It's not that they know about driving in ice any more than I did. They just drive these giant cowboy trucks that are so heavy they don't slip as much and can get out of any ditch, mud, or whatever. Thanks for all the life-saving info and bad mood-curing humor. You guys are great. That's so sweet. And I love that there are people who just drive around looking for people stuck in ditches. It's nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. We need we need guys like that. Yeah. Just the helpers. Did you see that thing on the news this week? I don't think I did. In I think it was Florida. Um, a person was driving and she had she started drifting diagonally across traffic. Okay. And a woman saw, got out of her car. And ran to the car because it was obviously the car was doing something. This is like heavy traffic. And then the the car was heading into the, uh, you know, going the other way. Okay. Uh, into Opposing incoming lane. traffic. Okay. Sorry, into incoming traffic. And those people had to back up. They eventually five people got out of their cars and stopped the car. Um, she, someone used not a life hammer, but someone used a dumbbell that was in someone's car to break the window open. She had taken some medicine on um, like an empty stomach or something and was in prep for a procedure or a test. And they basically, they saved her life. They saved everyone else's life. Um, It turned out the the woman, the first woman who got out of the car knew that woman. No way. Somehow worked with her or something. You should watch the video. It's all over the internet. It's so fascinating. She just lost consciousness. She lost consciousness. Yeah, but it must have been going pretty slow. If she could, it is they, slow. They could run after the car. It is. It was slow, which was, I think, what tipped people off that something was like, oh, there's something wrong going on yes. here because she's just diagonally drifting across oh, a major wow. stoplight. Yeah. So yeah, you should look at. It. I want to see it's, that. It's. It was very heroic. I love when people help. Other yeah, people. and then other people are just like. You know, using their body weight to stop the car. Then wow. they eventually uh, led it into a 7-Eleven parking lot or something. Yeah, got her help. wonderful. Yep. We have to help each other, you guys. I know it. Well, that's our... Isn't this our, us helping? Yes. Our show? <laughs> this show is how we help. That's right. Okay. It's Listen. time to go. Listen. This has been great. As always, remember... Remain, remain calm. calm. <laughs> hey, everybody. 
We'd love to hear from you on the social media at Pod How to Survive on Twitter and Instagram. And also, you can send us an email, podcasthowtosurvive at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your survival stories or just say hello. All right. Talk to you later.